Hey gang, this is Trent Chattaker, chiropractor and advocate for chiropractors who locate, analyze, and facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation for the better expression of the body's innate intelligence. Welcome to today's tick, where each week we study a chiropractic principle, question, or chiropractor to help you acquire today's philosophy, science, and art of chiropractic. Thank you for investing your time with us as a student of chiropractic. Now let the class begin. The bones of the spine fit together so perfectly that the openings totally protect the nerve trunks unless something happens something that chiropractors are concerned with, something called vertebral subluxation. Vertebral subluxation is what is called when one of the bones of the spine, instead of being in the proper position protecting the nerves, slip out of place just the tiniest a bit, just enough to cause a breakdown in the communications between the central nerve system and the glands that are supposed to be controlled by the nerve system. That was written by Reggie Gold, a chiropractor and mentor of mine, and perfectly opens up for today's tick in what we're going to grow in our understanding on today, which is how do you know if you have a subluxation? And as you listen, make sure you share this with your friends, classmates, and colleagues, and always feel free to tag us at today's tick. Now let the class begin. So how do you tell if something in your body isn't working at its normal capacity. Think about that. Is it pain? Is it symptoms? Yes, symptomology can be a telltale sign that something isn't right, and I use it quite often within my physiology, but even that uh, has its limitations. And in the continuum of your state of condition called health or well-being, or life, or vitality, symptoms are most often the last sign to show up with deviation away from optimal well-being or optimal function or health. Just think about that. Symptoms are the last sign to show up when there's deviation away from normal function. So understanding how well your body is functioning compared to how it feels is a big step in the right direction for a higher quality of life. It's a popular belief that well-being is related to feeling good, but unfortunately, there are many people that feel fine and suffer from a lack of complete physical, mental, and psychological well-being. We'll use a few examples here that are pretty easy to understand. Dental cavities, heart attacks, cancer are just a few examples of feeling good while living outside the realm of optimal well-being. So how you feel just isn't the greatest yardstick to measure how well you're functioning. And well-being is more than how you feel. This definition of health is important when it comes to understanding that health or function or well-being is the entity and disease or infirmity or symptomology is the non-entity. And we've had a conversation on entities and non-entities on a previous episode that you can check out here on today's tick and we're not going to go into right now 
But the point of today is to understand when your body's unhealthy, it's due to an absence of the entity, the health or the function. So health is a state of completeness, complete well-being, regardless of the absence or presence of symptomology. So when you heal or create new well-being through your body's inner recuperative power to function, it's coordinating a state of well-being that drives out the emptiness or the non-entity, which is symptomology or disease. And so another way of looking at all this is the presence of your health or presence of your well-being takes over the areas that are lacking well-being. It takes over the areas that are currently presenting itself as symptomology or infirmity or disease. And so the manifestation of disease or sickness is only perceivable when there is an absence of health or normal function. And as a chiropractor who stands firm on this viewpoint that health and well-being are the entity and disease and infirmity are the non-entity, I recommend to my clients that finding a way to investing into your quality of life, regardless of how you feel, will produce the greatest return on your investment. So how do you know if you have subluxation? Using the criteria of headaches, neck pain, or back pain may not be your greatest indicator of whether or not you have subluxation or when to see the chiropractor due to the inconsistency that pain and dysfunction offer in correlation with health and well-being. So dysfunction can and does occur without pain or symptomology is the point of today's podcast. And vertebral subluxation is a state of dysfunction. It's a state of malfunction. It's a state of not optimal function. And it does, it does and can occur without symptomology, such as headaches, neck pain, or back pain. So the point is, is how do you know if you have subluxation? Because if it's not solely based on symptomology as a valid indicator, and symptomology may be an indicator, but it's not always a necessary indicator, what are we going to do or what are you going to do to determine whether or not you have vertebral subluxation. Well, chiropractors are trained professionals at locating, analyzing, and detecting whether or not subluxation is present within the spine that they're analyzing. And the consensus within the profession is to use a multi-factor authentication approach to locate, analyze, and detect subluxation very similar to you providing two or more pieces of evidence to verify your identity to gain access to, let's say, your banking account. The chiropractor's multi-factor authentication of subluxation can be best understood by seeing the consistent three to four variables or indicators involved with vertebral subluxation. The first indicator that the chiropractor's multi-factor authentication of subluxation can be is asymmetry. Asymmetry can be located, analyzed, and detected both regionally and segmentally, but I prefer the segmental approach because subluxation is seg segmental. So asymmetry can be observed or palpated by your chiropractor within the segmental 
spinal region that they're evaluating. The second indicator that the chiropractor can utilize in detecting vertebral subluxation in your spine is abnormal range of motion. Now, range of motion can be both active and passive. Active meaning you're moving it, and passive meaning the chiropractor is moving your spine. And both are great indicators to determine whether or not there is functionality and integrity in the spinal tensegrity of normal, optimal well-being. But abnormal segmental range of motion can be a great confirmation specifically within the passive side where the chiropractor can confirm that he is on the specific segment that is currently malfunctioning and not working in correlation with the rest of the spinal segments. And the third and one of my most favorite indicators of authenticating vertebral subluxation in spines and is very common in the industry is tone, 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 tone. Tone not as in the sound of my voice or the sound of music, but necessarily the expression of energy through tissue. So alteration in the tone of soft tissue, such as your muscles, ligaments, and even tendons or skin can be physically seen and palpated within the spine by your chiropractor and it can it can give a neurological indicator of exactly where there is malfunctioning taking place or where there is an insult on the neurology from one of those vertebrae or one of those joint joints that are not functioning that we term subluxation optimally and so an alteration with tone is a direct correlation with an alteration in neurological expression through tissue. And so when the chiropractor detects this factor and analyzing for subluxation, it can be literally the password to getting into your bank account as it correlates with the other indicators and multi-factor authentication that we're talking, talking about. And the fourth and most variable multi-factor approach for locating and analyzing subluxation, which is what we started this podcast out at or where we started and where we will not end but kind of make you think about it, is somatic sensation or perception of tissue damage or potential tissue damage for that nature. And so that this is the subjective side that we all carry with us. We all have the ability of somatic sensation. That is neurology talking to our cortex and our cortex taking that, perceiving it, and trying to discern what it is and where it is through description. Now, the most common somatic sensation is tenderness, tightness, discomfort, and even sometimes pain when the, when the injury is severe enough. And somatic sensation or perception of injury most often is just a subjective communication process where the person that is experiencing some sort of uh, alteration in normal somatic sensation is trying to put words on something that is being 
relayed from body to brain. And this is where somatic sensation can be very variable due to the fact that they are now studying uh, the pain cycle and how it can be very cortex driven, which is in the brain and the somatic aspect, the body aspect can actually have no tissue injury. The injury has uh, been resolved to the body's capabilities and the cycle is still on repeat in the cortex. And so it is important to take in somatic sensation. It's important for you to share that information. But it's also important for you to realize that it's a variable indicator compared to the chiropractor's ability to physically and objectively document and know through palpation or observation uh, asymmetry, uh, range of motion, and tissue tone expression. And so the chiropractic profession is focused on locating, analyzing, and correcting subluxation. And subluxation is directly related to your ability to adapt or not adapt to stress due to the law of demand and supply that's taking place on your physiology. And so with this objective of locating, analyzing, and facilitating the correction of subluxation in order that the neurological communication within the body is optimal because the neurological communication takes place within the spine and the chiropractor is evaluating the spine, this allows a greater, fuller, more optimal expression of your body's inner intelligence. Inner intelligence, in essence, is normal function or expression of normal function or homeostasis or healing is an often synonymous term, which allows the law of demand and supply in the body to be at its ideal state, which promotes a higher quality of life or more well-being. So Supply and demand is the principle of healing within the body and is the constant flux and stability based on the body's ability to adapt to what is it, what's demanding from it. And so if your quality of life is not keeping up with the demands that you're placing on your body, my recommendation and approach in private practice is to use these principles, the law of demand and supply and the law of cause and effect, and you can create a very unique equation. And that equation can be objective and subjective in nature, but that equation can supplement the variability that somatic perception or somatic sensation of how you're functioning and it can give you some more valid metrics. And that equation is a habit. A habit is something that you do consistently and repeatedly. And sometimes habits need to be more consistent and repeated uh, due to higher demands on the, on the, on the body taking place. So what I recommend to my clients is making chiropractic a habit of getting your spine checked and analyzed. And that is because the chiropractor can pull that information during the analysis out so consistently to determine whether or not you have vertebral subluxation and can give you the recommendations and the frequency and the care and the adjustment at that time. But then regardless of how the somatic sensation is taking place, regardless of whether or not there's pain, whether or not 
the injury has been perceived as its uh, a capacity of adapting, you're visiting the chiropractor on a repeated habit basis. And with that taking place, if you need an adjustment, regardless of the presence or absence of symptomology, you will receive one. And so the habit can correlate to demands or stress that's being placed on your well-being. And so all things equal, supplying your body with simple and smart choices that promote healthy, uh, healing, you know, optimal nutrition, optimal sleep, you name it, all the uh, supply factors that help balance out all the demand factors will create a quality of life and equilibrium. And chiropractic fits right into that equation because life is very demanding and due to the negative effects life's demands have on the body, it's your responsibility to create that equation that works well for you and knowing whether or not you have subluxation can be the greatest question you could ask yourself and the answer to that equation is you don't know until you go visit the chiropractor and so take this recommendation of creating a habit out of chiropractic to getting your spine analyzed. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get adjusted every visit. It doesn't mean that it's going to be in the same location as the last visit. But the chiropractor can help determine whether or not deviation away from wholeness has occurred due to the demands that you're placing on your body. Thanks for joining us on this one. I look forward to having you on the next episode. Until then, we'll see ya. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as I did. Let me know what you enjoyed about it by tagging us at Today's Tick on social media. And if this is your first episode, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Reviews help us spread the message about chiropractic and the location, analysis, and correction of vertebral subluxation. Share this episode with your friends, classmates, and colleagues. Be a champion and send them this episode. As B.J. Palmer said, you never know how far-reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. As always, we like to end our episodes with the definition of chiropractic. Chiropractic is a healthcare discipline that recognizes the innate recuperative power of the body to heal itself through identifying and caring for vertebral subluxations due to the relationship between structure and function as coordinated by the neurological system and how that relationship affects the preservation and restoration of well-being. This information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, mitigate, or prescribe the use of any technique as a form of treatment for any physical conditions, symptoms, or diseases. Directly consult with a qualified healthcare professional for any chiropractic or medical advice. In addition to the benefits of chiropractic care, one should also be aware of the existence of some risk. Risk associated with some chiropractic care may include soreness, musculoskeletal sprain, strain, and fracture. 
In addition, there have been reported cases of stroke associated with chiropractic care. Research and scientific evidence do not establish a cause and effect relationship between chiropractic care and the occurrence of stroke. Rather, studies indicate that people may be consulting chiropractors when they are in the early states of a stroke. In essence, there is a stroke already in process. However, you are being informed of this reported risk.